Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. I am the good shepherd, right? Uh, it, uh, it, it, is, it is a, what's the word? Uh, scripture is full of this image, right? This picture of God and the way that he relates to us to his people in history, uh, and still, right, this, this imagery of God as the shepherd of his people, right? We, we could have gone to any number of places, right, the familiar ones like Psalm 23. We read Psalm 100 this morning that pulled us into relating to God as sheep to shepherd, right? There, it's just, I mean, the, the pages of scripture just drip with it, right, that God is the shepherd of his people. So from that sort of understanding, we, I'll admit up front, there's a lot about this image that we won't talk about this morning, right? There's, there's a number of places we could land when we, when we hear Jesus say, uh, I am the good shepherd. And we're not going to focus on all of them, but my hope this morning is to kind of single in on one uh, thread, to land at least, on kind of one thread that I think holds a bit of what Jesus says to, to those people in John chapter 10 and to us today, holds it together this morning. But, but again, we, we, we mentioned it last week. It's a, it, Jesus introduces it at the beginning of the chapter. Uh, he just sort of starts with this metaphor that, that runs throughout. And we, we, we said we don't want to hold it too tightly, right? He says, uh, you know, there's, there's wolves, there's thieves and robbers, there's a shepherd. And then he says, I'm a gate. And there's all of these images. We don't want to press them too tightly, but he just invites us into last week, we, you know, like a metaphor of, of what, it, what it might look like for us to step into a relationship with with Jesus. And, uh, you know, again, without pressing any of them too sort of hard or specifically, I do think we can admit again right up front, we can start exactly where we started last week with the same, uh, you know, the, the, the baseline amidst all of these images, shepherds, hired hands, uh, thieves, robbers, wolves, all of that, we start again with, with, the, with the same place we started last week. And so I'm going to just offer you three images from our reading this morning. And the first one is the same as last week, and uh, there were sheep. I have a picture here. Some of you were here and will remember uh, this, right? This is you, right? Looking into the, uh, someone pointed out, which is unintentional, this is you was a well-placed pun, but uh, as much as I'd like to take credit for it, I, I cannot. Um, right, that, that this, is, this is us, right? That the, the, the sort of starting point for the imagery John uh, uh, gives us in this conversation with Jesus, the imagery that he pulls us into, like how to relate to him, begins with this confession, right, that we are sheep, we're sheep, and uh, that sort of runs through all that, all that he's going to say here about being the gate, about being a shepherd, and how we relate to him, and thieves, and wolves, and robbers, all, all of that sort of begins with this understanding that you and I, and the, and the way that if we're going to step into relationship with him, we come as, as sheep, and uh, I have another image that I thought I'm going to offer another way into maybe helping us, which I have another picture here as we think about sheep, right? <laughs> Um, maybe a few of you are familiar with Dwight Schrute, right? Uh, Dwight, Dwight Schrute, uh, this character from, from The Office. And uh, I want to offer him as a, as a way of contrast. So as we think about sheep and Jesus telling us, man, we are all like sheep, right? Uh, by way of contrast, I, I, I thought about uh, Dwight Schrute. You'll see here the title uh, here in, in parentheses there, right? He says, uh, I'm assistant regional manager. Like the, the storyline is uh, a running gag in the stories that he insists on sort of the title. I am assistant regional manager. I am, I am on this side of the management line, 
Everyone else is over there. Just to be clear, I am over here with the manager, right? But, but the running gag in the show is that, you know, people are like, no, that, technically that's not your title. You're an assistant to the regional manager, right? Man, the power of a well-placed prepositional phrase, right? Right, that, that, that Dwight, I hate to break it to you, buddy, but you are firmly ensconced on our side of the line, right, with the rest of us sheep over here. Right, and, and the, the the show running gag throughout the show that that he uh, resists uh, to his core that kind of label. Right, uh, over and over again, you'll see him. They'll be in meetings in the conference room, and the managers up front talking. And Dwight wants to jump up repeatedly and be at the side or behind or just off the shoulder of Michael, the manager. Right, in an effort to assert the truth, I am not a sheep like the rest of you. Right, right. He refuses to be counted among the people, always parroting Michael's authority, right, and his leadership, right, just always there. And, and I think uh, what he helps me understand from this passage is that I think he speaks to a pull in all of us, in, in my heart at least. We, we do not like the characterization of our lives as sheep. There is something in us as humans that pushes against uh, that particular label. It is not one we, we want, not one we want to own or embrace this characterization of us as sheep. I, I, I have a maybe perhaps a more personal example. It, it, it came home to me a little more closely this week. I was uh, uh, on my way to Chick-fil-A. I was at the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, right, as you do, perhaps a few times a week, you know, depends. Uh, I'm from Georgia, so uh, that, you know, we, we, we love some Chick-fil-A. Uh, my, my children really love Chick-fil-A, and my grandparents love, uh, their grandparents love taking them to Chick-fil-A. It doesn't matter how many times, right? So we, we are frequent flyers uh, through the Chick-fil-A drive through But this week, we were there for dinner, and I took one of my kids. She's eight, and, uh, you know, we were in line. You know, there's two lines, right? And uh, there was no deadline. We were in no hurry, but as you do, I, I got to, like, venting my frustration that the other line was moving faster, Right? <laughs> And at one point, I'm like, man, we would have been in front of that car. Why did I choose this line, right? And it was, uh, you know, what wasn't my, my best moment. But an even worse moment uh, happened on the way home. So we got our food, and we're, we're driving home. And I suppose, I suppose I was there in all of my insecurity and in need of affirmation and <laughs> asked the, a, a very dumb question of my daughter. You know, we were kind of chatting. I'm like, so, you know, Adelaide, do you think, is daddy, like, more patient or impatient, right? I, I don't right? I know, right? Like, come on, buddy, right? And uh, yeah, well, I'll be honest with you, right? I was confident that as she took into consideration my eight and a half years of uh, parenting as her dad, right? Uh, The full body of my work as her dad over these last eight and a half years, I was certain she would undoubtedly land on the answer, the right answer, and she would get there quickly, right? And uh, she paused, right? There was hesitation, (laughs) <laughs> reluctance, and we're kind of playfully sort of, I was like, wait, wait, what? I look in the rearview mirror, and she's like, well, <laughs> impatient, and uh, I, I can, you are like, I know, right? How could she possibly think that? I was incredulous, right? I, I was like, wait, what? Right, I, tell me, give me an example now, <laughs> right? Like, like I, I need to know, like, what are you talking about? And she says in this moment, she's like, well, like, especially when we're crafting, right? And uh, which might not mean much to you, but 
here's how it struck me. Like, she went to a moment that I want to hold up as a badge of my righteousness. Like, this is a picture of me as a good dad. When I, when I come alongside you and what you love, and uh, I step into your space, and I'm there, and I'm present, and, and we're crafting, it's a moment I want to hold up as a good example. And she says, well, maybe you're not as good as you think you are. So naturally, right, like any good dad, I, I moved on. It's like, so, you know, what do you think are some of your faults, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we left it at there. Because here's the truth, I think. Here's what she, she showed me, perhaps in a painfully uh, honest way, is, man, we, we, we just don't like to hear that we're sheep. We, it is a characterization we do not want to own or embrace. We don't want to hear it in our relationships, as friends or spouses, parents, Christians, citizens, neighbors, employees, supervisors, no one wants to hear we are sheep. We're not as good as we think we are. We are, as we sang, prone to wander in ways oftentimes glaringly obvious to the folks around us and maybe only sometimes to ourselves. Sheep. And yet that's Jesus pulls us right into it, right from the get-go. If you're going to relate to me, he says, if you want to know me as the good shepherd, it starts by this confession, this admission, we are sheep. I was reading this week a, a description of the Christian faith and why in some spaces culturally it's you know, why we might be resistant to it, why we want to push back uh, to, to the uh, story that Jesus invites us into, the life that he invites us into, the Christian uh, story, if you will. And the author, she says, you know, the reason of, in many spaces, even perhaps your own heart and mine, the reason we push back is because we don't get to view ourselves as the hero. Instead, right, and this is uh, where she got me, instead it requires that you accept that you are going to be the difficult person in the relationship. Right, that on the whole, as things kind of shake out uh, on the net, you'll be the recipient of forgiveness more than you get to be the person who generously offers it to all those who may be less able or fortunate or virtuous than yourself. In a word, she says to me there, we are sheep. We don't like it. We resist it. We push against it. It, 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 it uh, rubs us the wrong way, if you, if you will. It is a characterization that we resist, and yet it's, it's precisely where Jesus invites you and me and you into this morning. But our reading uh, this morning, I think, admits, even if, even if we concede this fact, right? So even if we concede, all right, all right, okay, I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take what you're selling, Jesus. I'm a sheep, right? Right? Even if we uh, see it, uh, kind of take that, Jesus, I think, points up another kind of misstep that uh, we, we take in this sort of conversation, and which brings us to the second image. So if the first image where we start is sheep, the second image is the hired hand, right? The hired hand. We, we might concede, okay, I'm a sheep, but uh, really all I need is a hired hand and I'll be fine. Let me hire who I want to kind of take care of me and give me the security that I think I need, right? Uh, let me hire who I want and I'll be fine. We don't want to be sheep. What we really want to be is shepherds with Dwight. But if that's off the table, that's okay. Just let me hire my own. Just, just let me hire 
my own. Let me go to my own sort of uh, spheres and, and places and people and spaces of security, the hired hands, perhaps in your life and mine, where, uh, where I kind of uh, am reminded that I'm okay, right? I'm okay, you're okay. Those spaces that just tell us, you know, we're, we're okay, maybe not as bad as we think we, uh, you know, we're, you're not as, it's not that bad, right? Hired hands to reassure us that we're not as sheepish as we really are. Hired hands to tell us, man, the wolves aren't nearly as wolfy as you might imagine, right? Those places we go to that, uh, uh, you know, we're still kind of in control. We're, we're still the ones sort of writing the check uh, for those hired hands in our lives that offer us a form of security. And Jesus in this moment says, right, you can go to those places. They're there. Right? He's talking to religious leaders that have built all sorts of kind of religious structures around that idea. Hired hands just kind of assure themselves of their security. Jesus says, you can go there, but those places are just hired hands. And when the real work starts, they won't hold up. When the wolves show up, and they will inevitably show up in your life, those places will cut and run. I read, uh, I saw another headline a, a bit of like humorous writing and, and the, the headline said, hey, it's me, the short afternoon walk, right? Kind of writing, I think, out of the last year and, and sort of the way, uh, ways in which we, we, we look for like a, a breath, a, a moment to sort of step out of the maybe intensity of the world around us. Hey, it's me, the short afternoon walk. As you may have noticed, you're all turning to me an awful lot these days. Don't get me wrong. I love what we have together, but I think we need to face the truth I can never be everything you want me to be, right? I can never be everything you want me to be, which begs the question for you and for me, man, what is your, what is my short afternoon walk? Right? Where do we go? What's the hired hand, that space that we, we sort of lean into for security, for the feeling and the sense that we're still in control, I've got this under control, right? It's, it's, oh, it's okay. We all have those places. I, uh, I have another picture here um, of Dwight, again, I think, to kind of bring us back to the man of the hour, apparently. Uh, not the man, as we'll see, but uh, this is a moment, if, if you'll notice, so he's, he's got a chart here, that, that it's a flip down, but, but before he flips the top down, uh, it's, it's like an emergency moment, and it's his plan for crisis, right? So he's trying to convince Michael, he's like, look, I have a plan for crisis in the office, please just let me institute my emergency crisis plan, the wolves are here, I have the plan, and as you see from the chart, he flips it over, it might not be legible there, but all roads point back to him, right, to his name, right? He's like, look, uh, just give me control. Let me be the hired hand in this moment. I will keep things under control. And, and, and wrapped up in this image, I think, that Jesus gives us, and it comes with history and baggage, as we'll consider in just a moment, but Jesus says you can go to all these places for security in your life, but they, they, they will not hold up. In fact, I'd I, I suggest to you, I think what it ends up boiling down to, much like this image of, of Dwight saying, just, just give, let, let me take control of the situation. That when we, when, when Jesus says something like, I'm the good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep. What we hear Jesus saying is, I lay down my life so that you can pick it up again. Right? I lay down my life so that you can pick yours 
right? The, all the roads kind of still lead back to us. I mean, that's great. Jesus, thank you. Maybe I'll check this box. I believe. But, but really, what, what our chart still, so all the arrows kind of point back to us, right? We, 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 we hear Jesus say, right, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. But what, what ends up sort of seeping into our lives is Jesus lays his life down so that we can pick ours up. But I would suggest to you that's not the good news. That's certainly not the gospel, Right, that Jesus saying, uh, this is not the gospel, Jesus saying, look, 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 this is what I have done for you now. You get out there and get it done. But this is not Jesus saying, look, look, I have laid my life down for you now. Get it together. Right, but it, it, that's often how we sort of slide into this invitation from Jesus, right? Because what we want is a hired hand because it still, it still sort of keeps all those sort of lines of control pointing back to us. Uh, the confession that we're sheep, the image that really what we want is a hired hand, but Jesus pulls us, doesn't let us stay there and pulls us a little bit further that really what we need, right? That what we need is a, a savior, a shepherd who will save us. And it's, again, apparent from the beginning, right? Right at the beginning of our reading, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. You knew that's where we were headed this morning. No surprises here, right? We're not, not pulling any punches, right? This is, this is the gospel truth, Jesus says to you and me and all that you carry and I carry now. I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. You can trust all those other things. You can go all those other places for security. All the, all the places in your life that you outsource and hire out, that, that need, that feeling for the security that we crave in life, you can go to all those places, but Jesus says they will run when the wolves show up. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and, and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I think perhaps where... We land this morning, uh, the thread that kind of runs throughout, even in the imagery of the gate here, we saw last week, is that Jesus, Jesus didn't lay his life down so that you could pick yours up and be a better person. Now, Jesus laid his life down so that you could lay yours down as well and so that he could raise you up. See, the, the shift there, he didn't lay his life down so that you could then go out and just be, you pick your life up yourself by the bootstraps, you get out there and do it. No, Jesus laid his life down so that you could lay yours down as well and so that he could raise you up. We hear it actually just a few verses after our reading this morning. The, the, the religious folks he's talking to, man, they push back, right? Ugh. You know, they don't want to relinquish control, right? Like we, we're happy with the, the measures we have in place to, to give us security in life. We're happy with all those religious and otherwise. We're happy with them. And, and so they, they push back. Jesus is making some connections to all that imagery from the Old Testament. God, a shepherd. In Ezekiel, uh, way back in the Old Testament, right, this, this prophet writing to a moment of exile, this is the imagery. Uh, Thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself, I will search for my sheep. I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he's among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And the folks to whom Jesus is speaking as he makes all of these sort of allusions to, to how God relates to his people, and now Jesus says, this is, that, that is me. I am the shepherd here bringing you home. They're resistant. They don't want to hear that they need rescuing. 
They, they push back against this characterization as sheep. No, no thank you. The measures that we have in place for control in our life are working just fine. We've used the word security a lot, and it's a loaded word in, in uh, theological terms, perhaps, but it's all over the images that Jesus gives us here. That all, all of the ways in which we, we strive to craft it, to manufacture it in your life and mine, all the ways we work to kind of show that we can hold this together. Uh, Jesus says there is only one place in life where you will find the freedom and the grace to give up that game, and it's me. Right? He, he says that in this moment, that life, that genuinely free life, where we are free from sort of um, crafting our own security, he says, um, life and, and the security that we crave from it, he says, come from me as I lay my life down for you. Right? That life in that moment is his to grant, but also his to sustain. I think a lot of times we're okay with the granting bit. We go to Jesus, right? Life has changed. But then, then that act of him sustaining life for you and me, uh, Jesus says that's his work as well. Right? What, what he says here, I'm the good shepherd. He doesn't say, I'm the good shepherd, and those wolves aren't as bad as you think. He doesn't say, I'm the good shepherd, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you just what you want to hear. You guys play it cool, right? Like, just, I'm the good shepherd. It'll all be, you know aces. It'll all come up aces. I don't know. Is there a phrase there? I don't know. He doesn't say, I'm the good shepherd and uh, I'll keep you in line. What he says is, I'm the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. The wolves are real. The ups and downs, the insecurity of all the places you try to find security, all that is real. And in response to that, he says, I'm the shepherd, the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. And he says, I take it up again. I was thinking as we closed this morning, I was thinking just about my life over the past year and our life as a church, uh, which is very different, right? We, we've commented before, uh, just uh, Easter, uh, leading up to Easter pre-COVID, we were sort of at a, at a different place as a church, just trying to, you know, we were considering like two services. It was, it was very full, you know, just, I'm just kind of looking back over the last year and the things as a community uh, that we've experienced, thinking about just the, even in my own life. You know, we, we have as a community grieved uh, with members of our community who have lost ones they love. We have uh, celebrated new birth, right? We've welcomed Poppy and Ben, others on the way, right? We, uh, we have known, right, we, we have known um, the brokenness of politics and race and all these things. Like we, we, have, we, have, we have felt the distance of, of COVID, right? You, you have felt that. I've chatted with some of you and you've, you've felt the isolation of, of the past year. Um, some of you, us, you know, we've, we've confronted new sicknesses and some of us, have battled really old and familiar ones. Some of us have pursued new career opportunities and doors aren't as open as we had hoped or thought. Some of us, all of us probably, have uh, failed expectations and have exceeded them. Right? Over the last year, ups and downs, right? Some of us, if you'll permit me, have uh, at times we have been patient and we have been impatient. And at all of these very turns, 
right? It strikes me that my grip on security at times is very tight and white knuckled, at times very tenuous and loose, the ups and downs of life. The wolves are undeniably real. And Jesus tells me that all the places I go for all those ups and downs that I look back and reflect on of this last year that I can most assuredly anticipate in the future. All those places, he says, all the things I lean into for security in those places, even myself will not hold up. But there is one, there is one who will. And he is the good shepherd who lays down his life. And Jesus says in laying down his life, he will take all of our brokenness with him. All of it. He will take it with him as he lays down his life and then he will take up his life again. And as he does, he will bring you with him to new life. This is the gospel. The work is not yours. Jesus doesn't lay his life down so that you can get out there and build your life up. He lays his life down so that you can lay yours down with him as well. And he can raise you up. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church, and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.